Resurrection Assembly of God. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. The 28th of August, 2022. Why we pray the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. Time we're going to grab our Bibles this morning and look at the word of the Lord together, the word of God. Church, we have been revisiting some of the reasons why we do what we do here at church. Like I have said over the last several weeks, I felt it was important to do this not only because we need to be reminded from time to time of why we do what we do, those of us who call Resurrection Assembly our home church, but it's also important to know for the, you know, the new faces in church all the time. Um, you are welcome here, by the way, if you're visiting. Um, we will show you the right hand of fellowship. Please do the same in return. But some Christians also uh, join us from other churches that do things a little differently. So it's worth, you know, revisiting here why we do what we're doing so that new and old members can keep coming back onto the same page together. Um, we did two weeks on prayer, prayer at the altar here with prayer partners. We talked about why we did that, why we do that. Then we talked about why we kneel at the altar as well. Last week, we talked about communion because we, uh, we kneel at the altar and receive prayer for our maladies when we come to eat the Lord's Supper, and all that is on purpose. This week, we're going to come once again back to prayer. And more specifically, I want to come back to the prayer that we uh, pray here every single week, and that uh, has all but formally speaking become Andy's liturgical responsibility, which is uh, the praying of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so we, I want to talk about the Lord's Prayer today. Uh, today's sermon is entitled, very simply, why we pray the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to give you three reasons why we pray the Lord's Prayer. I could have come up with more reasons, but three felt like a good even number. But let us first read the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. And I looked before we switched the slides, so that was advantageous. Page 761, church, in your pew Bibles, page 761. If you don't know how to find the Gospel of Matthew, you can look at the page numbers. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. The last one there, give me a thumbs up. This is what it says. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees you, sees in secrets, will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we, have, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. May it be in our minds, in our mouths, and on our hearts. 
So again, I have three reasons why we pray the Lord's Prayer here at church every Sunday. The first reason we pray the Lord's Prayer here every Sunday is because Jesus told us to. It's a pretty good reason, right? We're like super into doing what Jesus told us to do around these parts. It's right there in the passage we read. It says that Jesus was warning people not to pray like the hypocrites who stand out in public to pray. He says that they do this to be seen by others. In other words, they're not praying to God. They're praying to other people. They're not really interested in talking to God. They're interested in looking like they're interested in talking to God. Jesus also says not to pray with a lot of words if you think the sheer number of words that you speak are going to make a difference. Like, there's, there's nothing wrong with praying for a long time. I have known many of wonderful Christians who have prayed, who, who could pray a marathon. But Jesus is saying that the Gentiles, that is, everybody who doesn't call upon the name of the Lord, they think of prayer like witchcraft, like incantations. They think that if you can say the right words in the correct order, for the correct extended period of time, then you can harness, if not force, the deity to work on your behalf. When you pray really long, it can sound really impressive. But Jesus is saying, hear me out. People, you don't need fancy words. You don't need fancy words to pray. You don't need to have a lot of words. You don't need to be super smart. You don't even need to be literate. You don't need to be able to speak because you can pray this simple prayer even in your heart. Adults can pray it. Kids can pray it. Did you hear that one, kids? And teenagers. Teenagers can pray it too. You can pray it when you're tired because you don't need to stay up a long time to pray it. You can pray it when you're hungry because it won't unnecessarily delay the meal you're about to eat. You can pray it when you're in pain because, you know, you can ignore the pain just long enough to pray this prayer through. You can pray it when you're angry because you can hold back those emotions. I, I believe we can hold back those emotions long enough to remind ourselves of these words. You can pray it when you're sad because the words aren't even as numerous as your tears. You can pray it in a group. You can pray it by yourself. This is the next uh, Dr. Seuss book that I've been hired to, to co-edit. <laughs> you can pray in a group. You can pray it on a roof. But genuinely, the Lord's Prayer, it's easy. It's accessible. It's good. Jesus told us to do it. Jesus told us to pray it. So we do. That was my first point. The first reason we pray the Lord's Prayer here at church. My second, the second reason we pray the Lord's Prayer is this. And it follows from the first. Jesus told us to pray this prayer because he wants us to live this prayer. And we can only live it if we're praying it. 
Let me give you a couple of examples from the context of the passage we just read. We, um, Emily read one of these passages this morning, and Dustin read the second one, through which the Spirit was speaking to me. So let me give you a couple examples of how this prayer is inviting us to live it. Right before Jesus talks about prayer and then says pray like this, Jesus is talking about giving to the needy. This is the passage that Emily read for us and that we read together. And he says very similar things about giving to the needy that he says about prayer. He says you shouldn't do it to be showy. You shouldn't do it to get a round of applause from your friends and family. He says that if you give benevolence like that, well, you've already got your reward. And that's in part, by the way, why we do the two-penny offering here. It's so that literally everyone gives something, and there's no way of knowing who is or isn't giving beyond the two pennies that they have. And so no one can make a show of it. Of course, if you really want to, then you'll always find a way for people to notice your giving. And that's what happened in this passage, right? So Jesus is talking about giving to the needy, and this is, this is connected to the Lord's Prayer, about living, living out what we're praying. Because in verse 11, Jesus says that we are supposed to pray, give us this day our daily bread. That one line in the prayer says a whole lot about giving to the needy. It means that God wants us to live what we're praying. Here's what the prayer is getting at when we take into account Jesus' teaching. It's saying, we ask God for our daily bread, in other words, we are the needy ones before God, and he gives us what we need. And let's be real. God doesn't make a show of it. God gives so abundantly, it's easy for us to forget that God literally gives us everything we have. He has given us the raisin bran and the coffee and the OJ that we ate and drank today. He gave us a shirt on our back. He gave us this church building to have shelter from the sun, rain, snow, and wind so we can worship together. He literally gave us the breath in our lungs. There's nothing he hasn't given us, but he doesn't make a show of it. So we are needy, and God has given to us. And if God has given to us, how can we not give to, give to others who are needy like ourselves? And how can we not follow God's example and not make a show of it? Like, like, just imagine some kid comes up to you if you're an adult who says they haven't eaten all day and they're hungry. And you turn them down. And then you go try to pray. It's not going to go well, right? You try to go pray Give us today our daily bread. You might choke on your words if you've just turned down a hungry kid. God will call you a hypocrite. He'll call you a hypocrite, and then you know what he'll do? Then he'll still give you your daily bread because that's how kind and forgiving he is. Hallelujah. And after doing that, he'll send you on your way saying, now go live what you pray. Let me give you another example of how Jesus wants us to live this prayer. The example I just gave comes right before Jesus instructs us how to pray. This next example comes right after it. It's the passage that Dustin read. Jesus says, 
For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your, your Father forgive your trespasses. What did Jesus say to pray just moments earlier? He said, pray like this. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Jesus is saying you can't pray for forgiveness without living forgiveness. He's saying live what you pray and pray what you live. Jesus is saying don't pray to your Father in heaven for forgiveness unless you're going to forgive others. That's how this works. I, wanna, uh, I don't want to challenge you to do this, but think about what it would be like to go ahead and try holding a grudge against your neighbor and then praying Forgive me as I forgive God. It's tough. These words, you know, you can choke on them if you're not living them. You can't love God without loving your neighbor. And you can't get that out of your heart and your head if you're praying this Lord's Prayer that Jesus told us to pray. It puts it right there for us. And that's why we do it. That's why we pray the Lord's Prayer here. Because we want to live the Lord's Prayer. We want to pray what we live and live what we pray. So that was the second reason that we pray the Lord's Prayer. The first reason was because Jesus just told us to. We like to do what Jesus tells us to do with his help, of course. The third and final reason we pray the Lord's Prayer here is because it teaches us to pray for the things that are most important. Because, you know, sometimes we can get off on petty little things like, Lord, would you please give me that Lexus RS 830? Is that a thing? It's not a thing. I can't keep track of all the Lexus numbers. But that would be petty to pray about that. Jesus wants us to pray about the things that are most important, so that's why he gives us this prayer. The prayer begins with, our Father in heaven. So hear me out. We all come from different places. We are different ages, and we have different cultures in this church. But none of that is important compared to the fact that all of us here address God as Father. Our cultures are not unimportant, but they are of little significance compared to the fact that we are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and because we are baptized and united with Christ by the Holy Spirit, we can call God Father within and through Jesus. God is our Father. That's very important. You know what else is important? God's kingdom. Jesus says to pray like this. Pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The United States is not as important as the kingdom of God. Nigeria is not as important as the kingdom of God. The United Nations is not as important as the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is more important than all other human governance. That, of course, doesn't mean that we don't care about the Nigerian elections that are coming up in not too long. That also doesn't mean that we don't uh, that we don't necessarily care about the elections that are coming up here in the United States in November, right? First Tuesday, as they do it. But we've got to remember 
that God's kingdom is much, 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 much more important than any of that. And it is much, much, much more important than all of it put together. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's what Jesus said. Make God's kingdom most important again. You know why God's kingdom is the most important thing? Because God's kingdom is where evil has no reign. That's in the prayer too. Right at the end, Jesus counsels us to pray, deliver us from evil. There's evil in Iowa City, though we do love this place and we care about its local governance. There is evil in the United States. There is evil in Nigeria. There is evil all over the world. But in God's kingdom, that's the realm where all things are delivered from evil. So we pray for it. And praying it keeps us focused on what is most important. So let me recap what I have said. First, we pray the Lord's Prayer because Jesus told us to. Second, well, just as a reminder, we're super into doing what Jesus told us to do around here, okay? So that was the first reason. Second, we pray it because we're supposed to live what we pray. And third, the Lord's Prayer keeps us focused on what is most important. Here's what I want to recommend to us. Let's not just pray it together when we're all here at church. Let's also pray the Lord's Prayer throughout the week. Deal? Deal. You can, you can pray other ways too, but I want to highly recommend that we all pray the Lord's Prayer specifically. Parents, please teach the Lord's Prayer to your children. So, uh, TJ, when you're in Hawaii, and every time you call Katie and Aria, you can pray the Lord's Prayer over the phone or over FaceTime or whatever app you use. <laughs> Holly and I pray the Lord's Prayer to our kids every night before they go to sleep. I also pray uh, a few verses of Psalm 5. Pray scripture over your children. If they hear it every day, they won't forget it. And when they hit a crisis, a life difficulty, or when they're discouraged or struggling in any way, when they're sick, the Holy Spirit will bring back to them the words of Jesus himself that you have been praying with them for days, months, and years. They will pray when they're lonely and remember that God is their father. When they suffer conflicts, they will remember that they are supposed to live what they pray. And the words will be like a warm blanket of comfort no matter what they are facing. Kids, Forgive me for talking about you like you're not here. But I hope you heard what I just said. Learn the prayer, kiddos. Learn the Lord's Prayer, teenagers. It will comfort you in your darkest days. And uh, let's remember what just happened this morning, that we have all dedicated ourselves to help raising all of the kids in this church. So it's not just TJ's responsibility to call Aria from... Hawaii, it's all of our responsibility to make sure Aria knows the Lord's Prayer. 
We just promised that up here. So I'm not just talking to biological parents or guardians or adoptive parents. I'm talking to all of us adults here who are called to help teach kids the Christian faith. Adults, if you haven't memorized the Lord's Prayer yet, do so. We say it here every Sunday so that it gets in your head. You should memorize it, though, at the very least so you can teach it to others. All of us here are called to make disciples. And when there's a new Christian, you know, someone who is new to the faith, who needs to get baptized, needs to learn what it's like to carry Christianity, to live this new creation that they have become, it is all of our responsibility to show them the way, as far as we know. And this is one of the things that we can all recommend to newly converted people. We can teach them to pray the Lord's Prayer just as we know it. And they can take great comfort knowing that they don't have to come up with the words themselves. I've met a lot of new Christians and are like, I, don't, I have no idea how to pray. That's why Jesus gave us this. You can pray this, you've covered everything. And you're reminding yourself of what's most important. And you've obeyed Jesus. And you're going to start living it because that's how the Holy Spirit moves. You don't have to worry about it. And it's also always a great comfort knowing that whenever you pray this prayer, remember, these are Jesus' words, so we're just repeating what Jesus said, which means that every time we pray this prayer, we are praying with and through and in Jesus Christ our Lord. So do that. We are now going to pray, and we're going to pray a couple of prayers that we pray here often, which is both a prayer of repentance and we're going to pray over the Lord's Supper before we celebrate it. And I want you to remember that we have already prayed for both of those things in the Lord's Prayer. We ask God to forgive us our sins as we forgive others, and we've prayed for our daily bread. And this right here is our daily bread. So let's do that now. Amen? First Lady, or whoever's going to come up, will you come on up? And I invite the rest of us to rise to our feet if we are able. And let's pray together.